Hi, this is uh, Mike Edelhart, and I'm here with another COVID-style edition of Inception. And I'm here today with Nell Luo. Great to have a chance to see you, if from afar. <laughs> yes, nice to see you, Mike. And I'm going to guess that we're doing this from home. Yes. Yeah. Where else? Yeah, I am in my office, lunchroom, workout space, uh, just about everything space right now. So <laughs> you're a relatively uh, recent portfolio CEO, your company, Folia Health. Why don't we start by just having you describe what it is uh, you're focusing on now? What does Folia do? The concept of Folia comes from this idea that when you are an individual who's dealing with some type of chronic health care problem, whether it's because you're the patient and you have something like Crohn's disease or because you are a family caregiver taking care of uh, you know, a child with cystic fibrosis or an elderly person with Alzheimer's, you have so much health information that you're dealing with. And a lot of it's actually in your head or in a notebook that you're trying to keep. And that information is hugely valuable. It's something that I witnessed personally with my mom. My brother has a complex illness and my mom has always been kind of the keeper of all the information. She has reams full of paper with her notes. And then also in a professional sense, I, I realized how important this type of information could be and how missing it is in the way that we make healthcare decisions. Because ultimately no one's ever figured out a way to capture all of that really important information that you have as an individual and translate that to medical practice and to research. And so the concept of folia is to do that, to give people a tool to collect their observations in a way that's structured, usable, we always say actionable, and then to connect them to their clinicians, connect them to researchers so that what they're going through can be used to give them more precise care and also to better understand their condition. So some folks listening to us who may never have been through this, may not have been caregivers, may not have had to deal with a chronic uh, illness, might be wondering, what's the big whoop? I mean, there's all this medical literature and all this information out there. You can go to a thousand and one websites. So why is it important? Why is it something to focus on? The, the thing that we have learned from studying this for a while is that some of the most important breakthroughs and clear-eyed discoveries that we've made in medicine have been because of the kind of random things that people have noticed when they are living with the condition. And I don't think it is spoken about enough. An example would be in autism. Over the past few years, there's been kind of this revelation that the severity of someone's um, autism symptoms is directly linked in most cases, to severity in gastrointestinal problems, GI issues. That's crazy, right? You'd never think of it. No one had thought to study it. The reason that it was originally understood is that a bunch of parents came together and said, well, I've been talking to other parents who mentioned that their kid was also having these stomach issues, and we just realized that there, this, there was something there. And now this has spawned a whole set of research on that topic that wouldn't have happened before. Because ultimately, you know, any doctor will tell you, they can't go home with you, right? They can't see, and they don't know you as well as you know you, or as well as your mom knows you, because they aren't there all the time. And so it's really noticing the change. And ultimately, medicine is a science of 
measuring change. What researchers and doctors are really good at is figuring out what to do about the notice change. I liken it to uh, an army actually asking the field soldiers, what's happening out there? <clears throat> and you'd never know the firing pins don't work. Uh, firing pins, I'm dating myself here. But uh, if they're uh, full of a particular kind of mud, if you're not talking to the folks that are out there actually living with it day in, day out. Yeah, but it takes a while to get to that mindset. And that's something that there's been kind of this movement. And I think it's not just in medicine, it's in so many different industries, but there's been this democratization movement that's been happening that I think has made, has given us the opportunity to make this point and, and have this company because we're not the only ones paying attention to this, right? So even, even the FDA, which tends to be a pretty slow mover, has come out with directives on patient-centered research on patient-reported outcomes and how they are used in research. And they've even started to be, put a fine, finer point on it and talk about actually requiring certain types of patient input for studies that are submitted to the FDA. And it's not because they're trying to be nice, right? It's not because they're trying to be charitable. It's be, because of the fact that it's better science. Because ultimately, if you don't have that grounding, you may be right, going off on a theoretical tangent or missing something that is that is actually very critical to the patient experience, but it's not obvious. Why do you think it's a great business as opposed to just a, you go gal, that's a, a, a courageous and noble thing to be doing? So the thing that you have to kind of take a step back and think about is um, what what is the reason why anybody makes, medicine, makes money in medicine or healthcare, right? Like how, how does that work? There are a couple different mechanisms for that. One of the primary ones is in figuring out what types of treatment an individual patient should receive, because ultimately that's kind of what drives the whole healthcare system, especially, you know, in the 21st century, most of our medicine is driven by interventions, you know, medications and procedures, things like that. So if you are part of the decision-making process, you are part of kind of the fundamental engine of how healthcare medicine money moves. When you are collecting huge amounts of data like we are on how people are experiencing their condition and how they're responding to treatments, you have at your disposal a lot of information that can help all of these different stakeholders, insurance companies, providers, or um, you know, doctors, biomedical companies, pharma companies, and foundations, everyone who's thinking about um, how to make these decisions you can provide them with the information that they need to make a better decision. When they make a better decision, one of two things happens. Either they make more money or they lose less money. <laughs> and in either one of those cases, there is a revenue opportunity for us, right? What we believe very strongly is that because of the fact that the patients and caregivers are creating this data, we also think that they should receive a piece of that revenue that's being created. And so we, um, last year, uh, launched what we call the data dividends program, which is basically if you are a user of Folia who consents for your anonymized data to be used to help make decisions about what types of treatments should be given to what types of patients, then you receive uh, a dividend, uh, basically a cut of the revenue that we get for doing that. Um, so that's how we kind of see ourselves uh, within the, the ecosystem. And Got it. It's honestly, it's a, it could be a huge business. Ultimately, it's something wild, like one third of all healthcare dollars is overspent, spent on the wrong things. And healthcare is, as you know, one of the largest industries in the country and in the world. So if you think about that as the opportunity, the question is how much better can we get and drive much better patient outcomes, but then also be able to you know, have a piece of that efficiency as our business model. 
Yep, and that's one of the reasons why we backed you and, and like you and what you're doing so quickly is we believe in the way you're approaching this of kind of all the way up and down. And it represents, in our view, a shift in power away yeah. from the traditional centers of doctor, hospital. We've got this. You shut up. You're the patient. Yes, it's your child who's sick, but what does that mean? You have some say in this? Of course you don't. And now it's shifting to, of course, you do. Mm-hmm. And believe that, and increasingly the uh, medical industrial complex uh, believes that, and facilitating that change, uh, a shift in power has power, mm-hmm. and power has value. And then finally, we believe strongly that our behaviors should have value for us. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about the current generation of social platforms that we feel was quite fundamentally missed is billions and billions of dollars in value created by what you do and what your family does and what your friends do. And that value comes back to you exactly zero. It should be the other way around. And so uh, we think it's a great approach, but it's delicate. So you're talking about really intimate information. Uh, So how do you handle all that complexity and, and how do you structure it so that you can establish and maintain trust, which is really the key of this. If folks trust you, they'll participate and stay and share. And if they don't, they'll leave. So how do you do all that? What I love about this business is that it's really hard for us to not do things right for the patient. Even if a new CEO were to take over or, you know, we had a activist investor or anything like that. And I, I didn't have control over how we did, um, how we you know made decisions the fundamental incentive structure of this business we set up so that the business model is fully dependent on maintaining the trust of our patients, right? Which gives us then a, not only kind of a moral imperative, but actually a financial imperative to pay attention to being good stewards of the information that people are giving to us. And the way that we make sure that that continues to be the case is we've made a commitment to our users that we will always publish a full list of the titles of the studies that we're running with this data so that it's very clear what we're doing with it. Um, Totally transparent. Exactly. And ultimately, it's not so much that people don't want to share their information, especially in healthcare, right? People want us to move forward. Everybody knows that research is the way to do that. It's more that they don't want to not know about it, right? They don't want it to happen behind their backs. And so our our thought process is that if we can be radically transparent, we can do everything that will help make these decisions without, um, you know, having any problems with the trust of our users. Um, so that's that's kind of how we balance. Looking at this going forward, what is it? How do you see this all playing out? In the end state, in the dream state, we want to help individuals to make decisions about their care. So we don't want this to just be a data set that can be used by people to make decisions based on their own frameworks. That's like, that's what we're doing right now. And we think that's really exciting and necessary and we need to get good at that first. But ultimately we really believe in this idea that it shouldn't just be doctors making every decision on behalf of patients. In fact, it's not usually that way to begin with. It's kind of an illusion that we have that that's how it works. We need to give people the tools to be able to make these decisions and to know when to call their doctor and when they don't need to. And we need to be able to give people kind of the control back over all of their health information in an actionable way. Like nobody wants to have 
a patient portal that just gives them a readout of everything that's, I mean, that's not helpful, right? So the goal for Folia is to not only help you collect all of your information into one place, but then to also help you make decisions on it and to, you know, help you take action, make it actionable for you. What next? What now? So what are you focusing on now in terms of conditions or situations? What are you not focusing on now? If somebody's listening to this going, oh, I want to get in on that, when can they or should they? When are you not ready for folks uh, of a particular situation yet? We're at the point where the product is quite mature. The product that um, you know an individual can use, we spend a lot of time on it. And at this point, it does basically what we want it to do. And so now we're starting to think more about you know, how do you take that and fit it within, as we talked about, the mechanisms of the healthcare system to help people make decisions. And so we have um, a couple early partnerships, one that we'll be announcing this summer, we're really excited about, and it's going to be, you know, talking about how it is possible for some individual to collect one set of data that helps them to have both better care themselves and also contribute to research. That sounds kind of crazy, but it's um, it's actually not how healthcare really operates right now. There's research data, there's individual data. And so we are interested in taking this work that we're um, gonna be announcing and moving it into other conditions. So we've been working in cystic fibrosis primarily. Um, we also have been doing some work in immunology and rheumatology um, recently. And what we want to do is, um, you know, take this model of single place where a person can collect data for themselves and for research and uh, move this into other conditions where it's really important to create a better understanding of the natural history of the disease, of the effectiveness of some new therapies, of the long-term effectiveness of recently approved therapies, things like that. And the goal for us is to kind of build up a body of work that shows the different ways that this information can be used. And that will help us to, to move into new conditions. Um, and as we move into new conditions, obviously that's how we that's how we collect more data and get closer to this dream of being able to help people make decisions through the Folia platform. Because ultimately our primary asset is the data itself, right? And being able to, to make decisions on the basis of that. Yep, exactly. It's another reason why we we're so interested backing you. We're talking about levels of detail and size of universe of population, orders of magnitude bigger than researchers have ever had before. Studies are hundreds of people. Giant studies are thousands of people. And a platform like yours could literally be millions of people, and not just millions of people, but millions of people 24-7. And so we're talking about uh, potentially transforming the universe of information available. That's the dream. Yeah, great dream, uh, and make it a reality. Uh, great to talk as always. Hope to see you face-to-face -face here sometime soon. Keep on doing what you're doing. It's great stuff. All right, thanks so much, Mike.